Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 22 of Quarantine for Your Thoughts. As always, I'm Ryan Carter. And I'm John Irvin, and we just had a very special holiday. We did? Yeah, it was Mean Girls Day. Oh! October 3rd. On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's it October, October 3rd. 3rd. <laughs> Other than an important holiday this week, um, we also got our podcast out on a bunch of different platforms. We did. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts. I've never even heard of most of those. I think we're also on Outcast now. Outcast? I'm sorry, Overcast. Hey, ya. <laughs> hey, ya. Roses. Overcast, yeah. <laughs> um, we're on like eight or nine platforms yeah, now at this and point. And then, I mean, obviously, you're already listening to us through our website. Um, obviously. I think, actually, ironically enough, 89% of our listeners come through our website. Oh, perfect. Well, come on through our website. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then hop on Spotify. Check it out over there. Uh, or Apple Podcasts <clears throat> or any of the other podcasts that John named. You can also go to the community section. I'm sorry, the member section of our website. I don't remember where I put it on our website. It's Figure community it out. or member. Figure it out. It's an easy website. It's all linked on there. Boom, boom. Um, another fun thing that we're doing this week is um, some of you will have already gotten this by the time you listen, but we're actually Perfect. introducing email notifications for our um, episode launches. So um, we had a few people request that, actually. Awesome. Um, I hadn't introduced that because I didn't think people were going to like it. Um, turns out people want that. Oh, perfect. Um, so if you find yourself wanting to know when we're releasing an episode and for some reason you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And. And. And, and. And, and, and. Um, go to our website, join the community section, and we'll send you an email update whenever our podcast uh, launches each week. Which is normally Monday. Sometimes it's not. But it's, Yeah, it's normally Monday, but it de- depends on what I'm doing on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> When the episode <laughs> if launches. there's a lot of meetings, then <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's not the vibe. If I had a, a long weekend, then there's it's going to be, um, you know, later in the day. Um, so we want to just jump right off. We're very excited. We haven't had a featured artist in a while. Um, so we want to just jump right into this episode with our next featured artist of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so with us today is Chris Troiano and Stephen Canastracy, who are our friends over at the Early American Brass Band Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Very excited to be here. Good to be here, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, so it's been a few weeks for John and I uh, since we've had a featured artist of the week. Um, And when I had talked to Chris about it, I think like a month and a half ago, um, we finally settled on a date that we could all be together, so we were excited for that. Yeah, definitely. So, you guys got started around the same time as we did back at the beginning of quarantine, March, April time. What sparked you guys to start a podcast about early American brass bands? Do you want to field it, Steven, or do you want me? <laughs> well, I got involved in the project because Chris texted me. And I think it just said, like, the early American brass band podcast, question mark. Like, I think, I don't know if you're trying to workshop a name or something. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that sounds cool. I'd love to help out. And I originally just kind of, you know, said I'll help out on the back end. And then, you know, doing, like, some website stuff and all the back end podcast stuff that you guys know about. Um, And then 
I get Chris, you just must you must have said like, hey, why don't you just like come on in on the interviews too? Or I guess the first two episodes we I might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but the first two episodes we did uh, just Chris and I. Um, but I mean, this was really Chris's brainchild, uh, you know, behind the the actual like impetus to start the podcast. So I feel like Chris, you might <laughs> be in a better spot to talk about yeah, it than me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it was like at the end of March. I think I reached out to you originally yeah. uh steven and i both play in a an early american brass band ourselves through george mason university called the eighth green machine regiment band and i'm currently doing some uh doctoral research for uh early american brass bands at george mason university myself so it's kind of all stuff that i'm kind of living in at the moment and i always kind of saw that the early american brass band community throughout the country uh, existed, you know, but it was a little thin in terms of its connectivity. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a goal of mine, uh, you know, as I was getting a little bit deeper into it to try to figure out something that could be used as entertainment for people in the community, as a historical resource for people maybe trying to learn about it. So it was something that was kind of developing in the back of my mind. And then, uh, yeah, as you guys know, once once you're locked inside and not allowed to do anything, I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's not too far off from how John and, and I got me, started. I mean, my doctoral research, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but my doctoral research doesn't really focus on, um, like, the early American brass bands, but it's something I've always been interested in, and, like, that period of American music history is always really interesting to me. I mean, being a euphonium player, and Chris is a euphonium player, too, like, we're all in on the like band history because right? <laughs> that's the only thing we ever get to do uh so <laughs> that time period of history is always really interesting to me so that's you know kind of a reason i jumped in on it too but, yeah but yeah i mean no better time to start a podcast than in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> exactly i think uh, you know so john and i had talked about doing something like that for a while we we've, we've been living together for a few years now and um i think uh, how we got started i think i brought you a drink and got you drunk and i was like hey we're gonna do a podcast and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we recorded an episode, and we uh, we had so much fun doing it, we just kept doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so a little less, a little less uh, structured than your guys. Um, uh, but so Some of the best decisions happen over drinks, so and that's good. I would say all of, our, all of our best decisions happen over drinks. So. And worse. <laughs> and worse, yeah, that's true. Um, so you guys both are uh, euphonium players um can you talk a little bit about like your back let's do this we'll do it this way chris can you talk a little bit about your background in euphonium and then steven uh, you can jump in once chris is done yeah 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 so i grew up on long island uh, my whole family were musicians my dad was a band director and played in a number of groups on long island concert bands brass bands chamber ensembles and stuff so i kind of just grew up always being surrounded by different kinds of music different kinds of ensembles and one of those types of ensembles actually happened to be a civil war brass band at the time on long island uh just grew up hearing that kind of music uh my dad was a tuba player my older brother uh started playing the tuba and when it came time for me they asked what do you want to play and i didn't want to play what my brother was playing so i picked the other one i picked (laughs) uh did, did high school in Long Island, did my bachelor's in music education and euphonium performance at the University of North Texas in the Dallas area, uh, and then came to Virginia to do my master's at George Mason University, and I continued on to get my doctorate at Mason as well. And it was once I moved to Mason, or Virginia, that I kind of got re-interested in the Civil War era and kind of 19th century brass bands, which is kind of where 
the podcast came from and the the Green Machine Ensemble that we play in, where that kind of came from. Yeah, a so lot that, of heavy... That's the, that, that's the short version. <laughs> heavy influence from the Civil War in this area. A lot of history here. Oh, we yeah, were definitely, definitely. together recording at a battlefield uh, just last week, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. lots of lots of history here. So, Stephen, what about you, dude? What what have you been up to with uh, your euphonium playing? So, I started playing euphonium. I guess going into into fourth grade. I mean, that's kind of like the standard time when you start uh, an instrument. I was playing the viola from a year before that because you could start. Oh yeah, viola yeah, yeah, player. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I stopped playing the viola. I forget Me why. Too. So did John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. But anyway, my, I have two older brothers. Um, my oldest brother, Dan, uh, was playing the French horn. At the time, he later switched to saxophone. It's like kind of his primary instrument. And my other brother, Ryan, oh, man, just so many similarities. Everyone's <laughs> pointing at each other. <laughs> but uh, uh, my older brother, Ryan, played the drums, and then there's me, and then I picked uh, the baritone or euphonium. And I think when I got it home, my dad was like, oh, I played this in high school. Um, he started on trumpet and then i think my uncle who's older you know went to middle school took the trumpet with him so the band director gave him a euphonium which is like a pretty normal uh you know switch yep. from a trumpet to a euphonium yep. uh but anyway i played that uh, i did i you know obviously graduated high school and everything and then i did my bachelor's degree Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? i always joke it's like graduating high school is like the bare minimum <laughs> you know <laughs> everybody but um no, so I did my uh, bachelor's degree at the Eastman School of Music up in Rochester. I did a double major, like exactly like Chris, uh, performance and education. Um, did my master's degree at Penn State and then landed here for a DMA. Um, and I grew up in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. I don't know if I said that or not, but that's uh, within, you know, reasonable driving distance to Gettysburg. Uh, we used to go there on school trips a lot. Um, so I too, you know, kind of like going middle school, high school was always interested in like the civil war, just from a historical aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ryan, like you said, I mean, moving down here, you know, you can, you can drive to like four or five battlefields, you know, in the course of a day or two. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, Chris, you know, asked if I wanted to play with, uh, the eighth GM regiment band that he started at Mason. I said, yeah, sounds like fun. (laughs) Didn't really know much about the like brass music of the time until I started playing in that band um, and then really, you know, kind of got in on the music because, you know, you might think that, uh, you know, 19th century brass music might like kind of be easy and simple, but that's not the case <laughs> with a lot of these <laughs> brass band charts that you play. Like you actually have to practice them and a lot of them are more complex than they look at least, you know, at first glance. Um, so yeah, the music's fun. And like I said before, I mean, I'm super interested in just like the, american band music history that sure. is all tied in with that so yeah. it's just kind of a natural fit so one of the things i mean the the core of our podcast is to talk about the quarantine and how that's affecting people um <clears throat> so obviously you know do you guys think that you would have started your podcast without the quarantine i was kind of saying it was something that was floating around uh before the quarantine happened uh, and then just the abundance of time, you know, allowed for it to kind of come together and it came together relatively quick. I think we, uh, you know, that text that I sent Steven, like just asking about getting it started. I think we recorded the first episode like within a week of yeah. kind of getting it going. Yeah. It was uh, pretty quick. 
probably wouldn't have started anytime soon. Maybe it would have started over the summer, but it wouldn't have started probably when it did just because we're so, both Steven and I are so busy normally, you know, with teaching sure. and going to school and playing jobs and stuff. Uh, we're both fairly active in the area with, with all those things. So I don't think it would have happened when it did, but hopefully it would have happened at some point. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely think it would have happened. Um, the quarantine just, you know, made it a little easier from a time management perspective, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so, you know, as musicians, how has, you know, outside of being able to create a podcast, how has the quarantine affected you guys, you know, from teaching or performing or, or anything like that? How has it made it more challenging or, you know, more easy to do what you do? I think Steven's taking significantly more advantage of it than I am. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of doing like my DMA research and like the podcast and kind of falling off on some of the other things, but, but Steven's branding himself really well and, and doing a lot of, uh, uh, tech enhancement things for his own like portfolio and stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, Chris is a little bit ahead of me on track uh, as far as school goes. Like, Chris, you're done with both of your playing recitals. I still have one left that I'm, fingers crossed, I'm going to be able to do in person, uh, you know, obviously with all the precautions in November. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been practicing a lot, you know, preparing for the recital, um, feeling a little burned out after a while. <laughs> I mean, what are we, like six months into this dancing something now? Something like that. And, yeah, it's it's like, you know, just planning your bedroom gets old after a while and just doing fundamentals and working on new repertoire. Yeah, it's exciting to work on new rep, but it, but it gets old. But yeah, like Chris said, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, he sent me a text about this podcast because it has given me a chance to kind of beef up a little bit on some like computer tech skills that I kind of maybe had a little bit beforehand, but like... I feel much more comfortable with audacity now, you know, because that's, <laughs> and so I used to like edit all my stuff, and, you know, it's not the best program in the world, like sure. you, you mentioned you're using logic, but like it gets a job done for what I need it to do, but like you're the whole Adobe you like, creative the videos and stuff, like yeah. uh, your, your duet videos, but then also the multi-tracking videos, which seems right. like that's like a important skill to have. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially now, it seems like everyone's releasing, or at least trying to release a bunch of these, like, multi-track type things. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, I know, man, they're, it's crazy with all the, the right. stuff that people are trying to do with the electronic recording and splicing stuff together and making, like, full choirs and full orchestras of people performing, it's, it's insane trying to put all that together. Right, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not great at it, but I'm always down <laughs> to try and learn something new, um, and so I've been doing a little bit of that, but... Yeah, I mean, the quarantine, I mean, you can look at, I feel like you could look at it one of two ways. You can either look at it and be like, oh, this really sucks, which, you know, it, it really does. Or, you know, you can do your best to use the time, to, you know, to do something new or learn something new or do something different, you know, and that's not saying that you have to do that. Sure. I mean, you got to watch out for your mental health too, you know, if, if that's not something that's going to be productive <laughs> for you to learn a new skill, certainly don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, everybody's different. It's affecting everybody differently. Uh, it just happens to, you know, I, I've felt that I've been able to make, make the best of it. And that certainly has, is, you know, has a lot to do with doing this podcast because if we weren't doing the podcast, I don't know what I'd be doing with the free time. And I feel like I'd be, I'd have gone crazier than I've gone. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, get that. I feel so that far. in a big way. I'm, I'm really glad you said that. Cause that's one of the things we've asked, you know, our other featured artists is, 
you know, do you have any sort of inspiration to, to pass along to people? And that's one thing that I think we have tried to take advantage of is, you know, we have this time, so, so use it for something productive if you can. Um, and, and I agree with you, Stephen. If I didn't have this, you know, I'd, I'd probably go crazy. I mean, I probably went crazy doing this. Um, <laughs> John's, John's nodding along. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. You know, it's in a lot of ways, it's very difficult. It's definitely been hard-hitting for our country and the world to have to go through this. But, um, like you said, you can either take the punch and just lay down and wait for it to be over, or you can try to make something of it. Um, something that I've been pleasantly surprised about during all of this is, you know, from the spring through the summer up to now, I've taught uh, anywhere from eight to 12 different students a week. And that's like about my, my weekly teaching load is about that many per week, uh, low brass, trombone, euphonium, tuba. And something that's that's been nice has been uh, seeing rather significant progress and a number of my students still through all this. I know the those online lessons, you know, aren't ideal, but at least the one-on-one type of interaction and uh, direct feedback is more beneficial than a, what a lot of students are getting from through school with like their band programs. From mm. my experience, I've been seeing that a lot of bands are, you know, kind of doing smart music assessments or they'll like have everybody on doing a group warm-up together but everybody has to turn oh sorry i froze (laughs) you did for a second (laughs) yeah for a second the 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 faces make it look like i froze um (laughs) smart music you're at smart music you're fine uh i forget i don't i don't know what where did it cut out smart music yeah you're talking about smart music yeah, so the kids are using like smart music assessments or their band directors are having them. Uh... Did it do it again? No, no you're good. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, there it goes. Now it says the internet connection is unstable. That's my bad. Sorry. You're good, um, man. But the band directors will have, have them do like group warm ups with like their microphones turned off or something. And there's only so much. And at only so much benefit a student can get from that so seeing the one-on-one interactions and and seeing them actually practice and a lot of them having more in shape chops than i have currently because they're playing a lot more than i am it's been it's been nice chris i've heard you play recently you're fine uh, <laughs> um so so last question guys and and we we're thank you for giving us your time but what is one of your biggest um uh, obstacles that you guys have faced with your podcast? It's a good question. <laughs> I like to ask what that. Hard with, I like uh, asking hard questions. That's my thing. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. so, some of the, the scheduling for guests was like Steven said, our first two episodes were just us. Um, and then we're on episode, what well, we've recorded 25, but I think we have, I think we've 20. got two. Yeah, we have got twenty-three released. Twenty-four yeah. is coming up this week. I think we have like through twenty-seven planned, but yeah. um, all but the first two have been uh, with guests, and we've had guests from California. We've had somebody from London. We the last one was from Ireland. So sometimes trying to coordinate those discussions can be a little bit tricky. Sure. Um, we've had a few guests that have backed out. Uh, right beforehand type of thing so 
logistically just kind of planning with guests is kind of some of the, the trickier stuff. And we did that to you too, I guess, right? Was you and I, no, no, actually, no. it wasn't you guys. It was, uh, we, we've had two other uh, featured artists who've uh, like multiple weeks in a row. They're like, oh, we can't do it this week, but next week. And then like three or yeah. four weeks in a row, we'll be like, we can do it next week. And then they don't. So Well, I was about to get married when you asked me the first time. So I <laughs> That's that, true. That's true. <laughs> That's a fair reason to not Very do valid it. valid excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Stephen, what do you, what do you think on, on your end? You, you handle a lot more... You know, you're obviously super important and valuable on the, the live aspect of it, but you do more of the back-end stuff than I do. Yeah, I think um, we run our word, our website on WordPress. Uh, it's like kind of the platform. I'm so um, sorry. I had edited some in the past, some WordPress sites, but it had been, I don't know, six or seven years. So for me, getting back into using wordpress which is a little like it's it's still pretty user-friendly on the back end but like my personal website is a wix website yep. um and they're totally they're pretty nice and easy i mean squarespace is super easy too um but yeah i mean there, there are always those back end challenges you know figuring out how to get your podcast on like all the different platforms and on all the myriad of different apps that people use to listen to podcasts it was tricky luckily the google bots at some point take over and try and like they find it and put it wherever it needs to go but i think for me the, the biggest challenge might have been um like learning how to interview people um because like chris and i had i well i don't want to speak for chris but like i had never really interviewed anybody before yeah, um so you, you know getting in that flow of you know asking a question listening critically to the response you know maybe a follow-up or whatever uh, was kind of um, not not like odd, but it, there was a learning curve to that. So I would say for sure. probably for me personally, getting comfortable. Let, let me say, getting comfortable interviewing people <laughs> I've never met in person before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was the biggest hurdle for me. Well, gentlemen, you guys have given us about twenty to thirty minutes of your time. So thank you so much for being on here. It's been great to have you guys. Obviously, we'd love to chat for longer, but we don't want to burden our guests with an hour and a half long episode. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. yeah thank you so no, much for having us. It. it was awesome getting the, the chat a little bit about where it all started was we haven't really looked back that much since we've kind of gone. So it was kind of nice to, to think back to March, 2020, which feels like yeah. six years ago. I mean, I feel like <laughs> yeah, we've all been right. in this kind of limbo since it started. I mean, you know, you guys are talking about having 27 episodes planned. You guys are on our 22nd episode. So, you know, it, you don't, it doesn't feel like it's been six to eight months, but here we are. Um, so, yeah, really, thank you, Stephen and Chris, for both being on here. Um, look for yourselves on our website. You'll be up there till we have our next featured artist. So Awesome. Sounds cool. good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we should all grab a drink sometime and just talk about, uh, talk about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, sounds good to me. Well, thanks, yeah. gentlemen. You guys have a good night. Thanks. Yeah. You guys too. You too. Take care. Thank thanks. you. Once again, thank you so much to Chris Troiano and Stephen Canastrasi for Canastrasi. Uh, Canastrasi. What did yes. I say the first time? Stracy. Right? Stracy. Right. Sorry, Stephen. Chris Troiano and Thanks, Stephen Canastrasi um, from the Early American Brass Band podcast for joining us today. Um, we'll make sure we have all of their podcast information as well as each of those gentlemen's personal information up on our featured section of the website. Um, and before we move on, we have a pretty short ad break for you all. Thank you.
Thank you all so much for bearing with us. We know it's been a little longer than normal, um, but it's the time of year where people uh, get voted into office. Um, John's penis just got a little hard. Um, you all can hear that airplane in the background. It was actually because Ryan scooted closer to me, but... Um, yeah, so you heard the ad. We're not going to recap it. Um, but what we are going to do is we're going to dive right into our Oh Shit Moment of the Week. Alright, so this week's Oh Shit Moment of the Week is actually a callback um, to like two or three months ago. Um, if y'all remember, we talked about brain-eating amoebas uh, mm-hmm. down in Florida. Turns out they've made their way over to Lake Jackson, Texas. Ugh. So it looks like this is kind of a nasty thing that's been going around. Um, and I believe right now there's a report of a child who has actually been, uh, you know, lost their life due to this amoeba, unfortunately. Six-year-old child, I think. Yeah, oof. Yeah, so the report came in on uh, September 26th, actually. So this is a little old. Um, But uh, Texas, uh, you know, Lake Jackson, Texas, actually declared an emergency request um, because there's a brain-eating amoeba in their water. You hate to see it. it. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh Uh-huh. Um, they actually have a do not use water order unless you're flushing a toilet. Hmm. Um, that night I was as of September 26th. I don't know where they're at now. Um, we'll give them a call. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Mayor Bob Sipple, um, uh, he said that the incident is of such severity and magnitude that the city cannot control the threat on its own. Hmm. I gotta boil the whole lake. <laughs> boil the whole lake. Yeah. The, I think it's the only lake in Texas. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can call, uh, you know a person from Texas, we can call that individual. We both know a person from Texas. Hmm. Any whore. Any, <laughs> would you call me? <laughs> so yeah, um, maybe check your drinking water, uh, before you dive in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> check your drinking water before you dive in. Go ahead and take a look, see if you see those amoebas <laughs> just wiggling around. Um, this week has been full of so many oh it's shit moments. It's been a moments. mess. It's been a mess. I feel like, honestly, the rest of these could fit in the same They're all bit. oh yeah. shit moments. Do you want to start with the easiest one to talk about, or... I think that should go after, uh... I think, I agree. We have it in the correct order. Um, so, as some of you, um, voting Americans may have watched... And y'all should all be voting if you're over 18 and a citizen, so... That's true. And not um, a felon. We... <laughs> We had the uh, presidential, the first of three presidential debates um, this past week. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a presidential debate. I would say it was a debate of presidential candidates because <laughs> the um, the behavior that was displayed in the debate was not presidential. Completely embarrassing. Uh, pretty much on both ends, but <laughs> it's just a hot mess. I think Jake Tapper from CNN described it as. Um, a dumpster fire wrapped inside of a hot mess, like, on top of a train wreck or something yeah. along those lines. Whatever meme I saw that said the debate was going to be dial-up internet talking to a fax machine mm-hmm. wasn't wrong. Yeah, 100% correct. I have, I, I will admit, I've not watched a ton of presidential debates in my lifetime. I have. Um, I've watched a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen somebody interrupt not only their opponent, but also the moderator that frequently 
Uh, it was uh, <clears throat> stressful. Like, I don't care which side of the party line you fall on. You have to be able to respectful, say at least. that that was not respectful. Yeah. Uh, like, even I'm, in the slightest yeah. bit. Ugh. I mean, at one point, the moderator had to... I mean, not one point. A couple times. <laughs> the moderator had to yell. He was like, hey, uh-uh. <laughs> and while he was saying, hey, remember that both parties agreed to two minutes of silence while he was reminding them not to interrupt each other, he was being interrupted. Um, so I heard this wonderful theory that, I mean, we'll talk about this sort of in the next section, but the president's not feeling well right now. <laughs> Somebody said that maybe they can Zoom him in um, to a Zoom call, so that way when it's not his two minutes, they can just mute him. So um, I don't know why they don't do that anyways. Yeah. Those mics are very easily yeah, just, mutable by yeah. a button. I'm sure somebody's like back behind the camera's doing what i do for the show with is that what you do to me yeah yeah uh, well when you have your own microphone when we're not using one microphone yes i will do that to you you don't talk i don't need to mute you <laughs> you guys should see my face right now <laughs> it looks the same um <laughs> either way um yeah hot mess I, I don't know why they couldn't have like i think what we really need to introduce is just mutable microphones yeah. so like when it's not your turn to talk mute that mic yeah and then when it's their turn to talk, boop. Enjoy. Turn back They do on. that in, like, debates with, like, larger crowds. So, we'll see. Um, and I think for the vice presidential debate, they're going to be standing 12 feet apart. <laughs> which I think is so far away. Like, it's so funny. The whole debate was just such a mess. I don't even think we're going to dig into any actual one particular nope. topic from the debate. Because mm -hmm. there was too many of them that were so just shocking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. however, I think your mother calls it instant karma. What does she call uh, it? A natural consequence. A natural consequence. Mm -hmm. Um, as we all saw two days after the, uh, the debate, the natural consequence occurred and, um, both the president and the first lady, um, have tested positive for COVID. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how, um, the first lady ended up with it because, she they can't stand to be near Yeah, him. they didn't even hug at the debate, mm -mm. so <laughs> I don't know who she got it from. But, um, yeah, you didn't hear it here first, but nope. you've heard it from us. Mm -hmm. um, we told you. President Trump and um, First Lady Melania Trump, mm -hmm. um, not Ivanka. Not Ivanka. I've made that mistake before. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so has he, I'm sure. <laughs> Both have tested positive for COVID, and uh, as of right now, Trump is still at which hospital? Walter Reed? Walter Reed, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping, uh, I'm hoping at least that he has a speedy recovery, um, but I uh, I hope he now understands, and I know this is probably wishful thinking, I hope he now understands what uh, millions of Americans and, you know, the world is dealing with. Um, I would say that is wishful thinking. I don't think he understands. I'm trying my best. <laughs> We're now over 200,000 deaths uh, related to COVID in the United States, which is just astronomical. Um, and I don't know. Maybe he'll figure it out. But That seems like a stretch. What can you do? But one good thing um, for him is that he found out rapidly that he had COVID. Um, quick little nasal swab. That's nice that he gets tested every day mm -hmm. and gets an immediate response mm -hmm. from that. I went to go get tested. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, because I just traveled. Mm -hmm. I figured it'd be a mm -hmm. responsible thing to do. I appreciate that. Um, Seeing as we're sitting about uh, eight inches apart. Mm -hmm. um, and this was Sunday that I went, right? Nope. When did I come Monday? back? Monday? Monday. It had to be Monday because we Yeah, we went working. together. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got tested. It was nice. Um, they just did a nasal swab, like, right inside the nostril, not all the way, like, poke my brain. Um, and they're like, all right, fam, it'll be here in two to five days. I was like, awesome. So it's now been... two to ten days. Well, that's what the paper said, but the person in there was like two to five hmm. is when it normally comes in. Um, still waiting, so. John asked me to come with him. He was blubbering and crying the whole oh, time. Yeah? He was so scared. I had to hold his hand through the whole thing. Um, Just a hot mess. And then that's how Ryan got COVID. Well, we don't know that yet. Cause you <laughs> I'll let you know. Got your test I'll back. let you guys know in four episodes when I find out. <laughs> You guys at the uh, end just of November. Be the president, and then you'll know oh, instantly. I'll try next time. Yeah, I'm not 35. Do better. Do better, as I used to say in college. <laughs> well, I think, I think the people have heard enough of us and other people talking today. Mm-hmm. I think I, I can safely say we have reached pretty close to a new high for uh, length of an episode. I don't know what we're at yet, but I think we're pretty much close to that. And uh, you know, we'll keep you informed about all the the latest things uh we'll tell you about six days after they happen and um that's our strong suit yeah and we'll tell you next week about my uh adventure yesterday uh you don't want to talk about that now no it's a real long episode we probably won't have anything to talk about next week so um so we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk about um how i may or may not have fallen up a hill up a hill is that like falling up the stairs mm-hmm. okay something you're well versed in uh i go downstairs only yep how'd you get here yep you do that math ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first he used to walk uphill both ways to school in a blizzard anywho thank you so much for listening again we really appreciate steven and chris from early american brass bands podcast for being on our show this week um I think that's it. I don't have any other announcements. You have I'm, any other? I'm done. No. Oh, our, our merch came in. Oh, yeah. So we do actually have everything here physically. So all I of you QFYT it. cuties out there, uh, your merch is coming to you soon. And all of you QFYT stinky bitches, go buy some. You can still some. buy some merch. Yeah. Yeah. Limited stock, but you can buy some. So head up that online store and uh, support your favorite quarantine podcast. As always, I'm Ryan Carter. And I'm John Irvin. And you'll hear us next week for episode 23 of Quarantine for Your Thoughts.